all doing? <clears throat> I got a frog in my throat this morning. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I always like to start off with something funny. I'm going to give you this one first. A substitute Sunday school teacher was struggling over a combination lock on the supply cabinet. She had been told the combination but couldn't quite remember it. Finally, she went to the pastor's study and asked him for help. And the pastor came in to the room and began to turn the dial. After the first two numbers, he paused, stared blankly for a moment. Finally, he looked serenely heavenward, and his lips moved silently. Then he looked back at the lock, quickly turned it to the final number, and opened the lock. The teacher said, wow, I'm amazed. I'm in awe of your faith, pastor, she said. He said, ah, it's really nothing. The number's on a piece of tape on the ceiling. Okay, let me try one more then. <clears throat> Maybe you heard this one, but I still like it. One day, Joe, Bob, and Dave were hiking in a wilderness area when they came upon a large, raging, violent river. They needed to cross to the other side, but they had no idea how to do it. Joe prayed to God saying, please, God, give me the strength to cross this river. Poof, God gave him big arms, big legs, and he was able to swim across the river in about two hours. He almost drowned a couple of times, but he got across. Seeing this, Dave prayed to God saying, God, please give me strength and the tools to cross this river. Poof, God gave him a rowboat, and he was able to row across the river in about a half hour almost capsizing the boat once or twice, but he got across. Finally, Bob. Bob had seen how the, uh, this worked, and he, he saw that the others got across, so he prayed, please, God, give me the strength and the tools and the intelligence to cross the river. Poof! God turned him, in, turned him into a woman. She looked at a map, hiked upstream about 100 yards, and walked across the bridge. Guys, don't look at maps. That was the guys. Guys, don't look at maps. <laughs> All right. Let's get to it. I'm talking about prayer today. And it's my privilege to, to give you this message that is intensely uh, spiritual in nature. This is, uh, for some, it'll be graduate course uh, level uh, stuff, some of it. Um, I need to lay a foundation first, and I hope you can uh, just follow with me. Well, before that, let me, let me just say something. When I was reading the Word this morning, something popped out of me. Don't you love that when you read the Word and something just jumps out at you and you go, huh, I never saw that before. It was in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and Paul was chiding the Corinthians going, yeah, I, you, you guys should be mature by now. But you aren't because you have divisions. And he was talking about some say Paul, some say Apollo, some say Christ, blah, blah, blah. And then he says, you're acting in the ESV. This is how it's translated. You're acting as mere humans. Now, the word there in the Greek is, is flesh. It's sarkikos. It means the flesh, the, the lower nature. But I just love how the ESV put it. Merely humans. I would just like to suppose... And, and, and say, state, we're not merely humans in this, 
in this room. No, because once God lives inside of you, you're not merely human anymore. And God lives inside of you. I'll get to that in a second. Physicists debate on how many dimensions there are. Do you know this? You ever read anything like this? Okay, so there's height, width, depth, right? That's dimensions. Then there's gravity. That's a dimension. I don't know how, but that's what physicists say. If you believe in the string theory, that's 10 dimensions. The M theory is 11 dimensions. And there's actually people that believe there's 26 different dimensions in this life. I don't know about all that, but I do know this. The Bible clearly states there's other realms besides the one we see and feel. Besides the ones we taste, smell, handle, what did I miss? Anything? Besides that dimension, there's other dimensions. There's heaven and there's earth. In fact, there's heavens and earth. Paul says he was transported to the third heaven. I don't know. I, I guess that means there's a second heaven. Just supposing, I don't know. But there's certainly an earth and a heaven. We can all agree on that. Oh, I have a tail. Okay, I'll stop that so you don't look at it. So let me give you just a quick little treatise on the spirit realm. Can I do that? You think, wow, this guy is like going for it today. Tell your neighbor, he's going for it. Second Corinthians chapter 12. You put that up there for me. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I don't know. God knows. And I know that that man, whether it was in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise. <clears throat> um, sure, I'll share it with you, Bela. There you go. Okay to like share the pet share the wi-fi yeah i'll share i'm, I'm a good share through three and the day when the day of pentecost came they were all together sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them how many know that's heaven invading earth because I, I don't know, anyone seen Tongues of Fire lately? No, neither. Matthew chapter 8. Bind on earth, whatever you bind on earth will be bound. Better translation has already been bound. In heaven, whatever you loose on earth will be loose. Better translation has already been bound. Again, I tell you that if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask for, it'll be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. How many know Jesus was talking about something that had to get it done on the earth? That's two different spots. Are you with me? Okay. Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. Then he continued. He, angel Gabriel, continued. Daniel, since the day, first day you set your mind to gain understanding and humble yourself before God, your words were heard. That's a good word right there. But the prince of Persia of the Persian kingdom days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns a time 
yet to come. So, in other words, there was something going on the angel from giving an answer to Daniel. Are you with me? This is just Bible. I know sometimes we read the Bible and we think, well, yeah, the Bible. And we kind of want to apply everything to this life. And I'm not saying we shouldn't. I'm just saying this says there was a war going on somewhere that prohibited an angel to come to earth. Okay, are you with me so far? Prayer is a way to invade the spirit dimension. The heavenly dimension is where God's rule is, and it is ab- and his absolute and his perfect will happens all the time in heaven. On earth, that's where we come in. That's prayer, and that's what I'm talking about. That was a long introduction, wasn't it? Praying with your spirit. Praying with your spirit. So the first questions are going to come up on the board. How often do you acknowledge? I heard last week, I heard heard last week, Matthew, where's Matthew? He started off with a bang, with you know, like, where don't you trust God or what your sin is or something like that. I I don't know. It was something that I would say, I think that's, I I love that. So this this is another revealing question. How often do you acknowledge this truth, the truth of another realm, right? Both the fact of the spirit realm's interplay with this realm where we live and that prayer gives us access to the heavenly realm. Prayer gives us access to the heavenly realm. And what would be different about you, if anything? How often do you acknowledge the truth of the spirit realm and its interplay with this realm? And what would be different? What would you do different? How would it be different? Are you ready for that question? I'm going to give you like three minutes this time because I know it's a hard question and you might want to just lollygag around for a while because you don't want to really answer it. And that's okay. If you're new here, which I see some new faces, if you're new here, okay, we have like interaction in this church. So I speak, maybe I ask questions, I speak, and then you do some lab, I speak, and then you respond somehow because we believe that the whole body needs to have a say in what's going on here, right? And it's kind of hard when I speak for 45 minutes, even though I'm an excellent speaker. Super funny jokes, super funny, okay? But sometimes you don't really get to interplay with what is going on, which hopefully is God speaking to you. So this is a way that we get to interplay with it. We get to, we get to speak into our own lives and someone else's lives. So we ask questions like this. These are the only sets of questions today, but we'll be doing some other things. So can you get those questions on the board for me? All right, there you go. How often do you acknowledge this truth in your daily life and what would be different about you, if anything? Groups of maybe three, no more than four, ready, go. Okay, let's come on back together. Hey, I'd like to hear... Oh, it's kind of like herding cats right now. I feel like that herding cats, herding cats. That's why I like dogs. Just say you want some, they come. Okay. So the second question, what would be different? What would be different? If anything, what would be different? What would you do different? Anybody? 
What would you do different? If you're, if you're cognizant of the spirit realm and that prayer invades it and changes things. You know, when I was a young man, it was God is on the throne and prayer changes things. That was a big saying. So what would be different about you or your life? What would be different? Anybody? Huh? Yeah, you'd be walking in authority. That's good. Anybody? Okay, hang the preacher out to dry. Just have him walk around. It's okay. Don't worry about it. I'm good. Yes, thank you. I didn't want to have to admit this before my church, but I need to put God first in everything. Yeah, that's good. Put God first in everything. That's good. And anyone else? Yes, yes. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay. Anybody? Huh? Discernment. Yeah, you'd have discernment, right? Now, some people take this kind of thought a little too far, right? They get a flat tire, and it's a demon of flat tires. Or the demon of red lights, in my case. That's why I was late. It's red lights. It was the spirit realm turning everything red for me. Don't go too far into this. You need discernment. Like Tiff said, it's good. It's good stuff. Romans chapter 8, verse 9 through 16. I'd like you, <clears throat> can you tell which is uh, bold, which words are bold? Okay, can you see that? So when I get to the bold words, would you speak them out? Yeah, it's a little tough. Here we go. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. The Spirit of God lives in you. If, it, if anyone does not, does not belong to Christ, but if Christ is in you, that's bold too. Christ is in you. Oh, it's not bold up there. But Christ is in you. Just watch my hand. Just watch my hand. Christ is in you. Your body is dead because of sin, your spirit, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead it will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit in you. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it's not to the sin. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the mystery, because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. You of sonship and God's children. That's good stuff right there. God's Spirit is actually Jesus, I'm giving you my life. When you do that, that means His Spirit comes to live in you. Another place it says, is the deposit guaranteeing your redemption? It's like the deposit down on the car that you want to buy, right? It's the spirit who lives in you. Now, we got to get that. It's very, very important. So where does it live? Do we have that? Did you, were you able to get that? Yeah. Next. Ha, ah, beautiful. Okay, this is a mock-up model. If you, go to, if you ever go to Israel, they have this big, huge mock-up model of Israel in Jesus' day, or in times, I should say. <clears throat> and this is the temple. So you see all around the temple are courts, okay? And then you go through the door that we're, we're facing, not the door to get into the outer courts there. 
right? And that's the inner courts. Are you with me? You see the tall bit went into the holy place. And inside there, there's a big curtain. And that separates the holy place from, I believe that we are like the temple. That we have an inner court, a holy place, and a holy of holies, so to speak. And God dwells in the holy of holies. Now, is God everywhere? Well, of course God's everywhere. He fills the earth. But his presence dwells in the holy of holies behind the curtain. Now the curtain through Jesus is, is, has been torn, of course. But Jesus lives in us by his spirit. Where does the spirit live? I believe that it's in our spirit. The Bible says that when we become born again, our spirit comes alive. Well, how come? Because his spirit lives in our spirit and he's alive. Are you with me? I know this is like theology. Am I doing okay so far, Professor? All right, good. I always look at Grace and, and what's your name over there? Yeah, yeah. I just know she'll yell at me if, if it, it doesn't happen. You're such a nice guy. Brian would come up later and say, Pastor, we got to talk. Grace would say, you know you were wrong. No, she wouldn't do that. I'm just messing with her. She's, she's fantastic. These guys are very educated people. They know the word. God's spirit lives in us. So then I would postulate that we would be wise to pray with our spirits. Pray with our spirits. Sometimes you ever pray with your mouth? That's a disaster waiting to happen, isn't it? Like, and then you start talking like you don't normally talk. You know, when I grew up in the church, people still talked, prayed in King James. I'm like, what, what are you doing? Praying in King James. I, I don't understand what you're saying. Sometimes we just pray with our mind. There's no, nothing wrong with praying with your mind. We're going to get to that. I would just say we should engage our spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. But God has revealed to us by his spirit. The certain, oh, forget that part. It's, it's a tag. I don't know sometimes where they make them, but that one was not good. Okay, so the spirit searches all things, even the deep good. That is good. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God, the Spirit of God, the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has given us. Sounds like we need to tap into the Spirit. Speak not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by spiritual truths in spiritual words. This is why the world, if they if the world heard this teaching, they'd go, y'all are nuts. Because they don't get it. And man, except the spirit of a man. Before I get back into our topic, I'm just going to take a little trail. Can I just for a second? Is that okay? When we judge another person like we know them, now you know you're wrong. Because you don't know them. You can judge actions, but you don't know them. So just stop it. S-T-O-P, new word, I-T. Stop it. Because you don't know them. Well, he's blah, blah. You don't know. His spirit knows. But you don't know. So that's, that was my rabbit trail right there. I'm coming back to it. I'll just let you sit with that for a second. That guy, he's, you, you don't know. 
Our spirits are the core of us, and our spirits know. In other words, to understand, to be intimate with, to have information about us. Our spirits know. So I think tapping into the spirit, your spirit, is a good idea. Are you with me? So far, so good? Am I laying the case? All right. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. <clears throat> Let's get into prayer. And pray in the spirit with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert always and, and always keep on praying for all the saints. I'll, whenever I open my mouth, the words that uh, may be given to me, I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. <laughs> Paul, Paul asking to be fearless. Shipwrecked. Pray that I preach the God. I think, well, let's just go on praying with your mind. Praying with your mind, with your spirit. 1 Corinthians 14. For if I pray in a tongue, we'll get to that. <clears throat> my spirit prays, my mind is unfruitful. Tell your spirit prays, but your mind's unfruitful. Are you with me? So praying in tongues or spiritual language. Oh my gosh, what are you, you going Pentecostal on you? Yeah, I am. It's Pentecostal Sunday. Well, that's uncomfortable in our culture and people might think you're a little weird. Listen, people, this is weird for a long time. Praying in tongues or spiritual language is only praying with your spirit. It's not engaging your mind. Praying with your mind does not mean that you're not engaging with your spirit. Actually, you can engage your mind and your spirit at the same time. Aligning your whole body to your spirit where God's spirit dwells is how to walk in the spirit. So when Romans 8 says, this is the way you do it. You walk in the spirit. You won't fulfill the desires of the flesh. What's that mean? Your spirit, your mind, your soul, everything about you, your body is all aligned with the spirit. We used to have this prayer in cleansing streams. Do you remember? Right? Soul line up with the spirit. Right? Body line up with the soul. Get them all in a line. So I'm walking in line with the spirit. Where God, my spirit, and God dwells in my spirit, so I'm in line with him. Are you with me? Because that's a good way to walk. I am never coarse with my wife when I'm walking in the spirit. Never. I'm never coarse with her when I'm walking in the spirit. That's a good word right there. Husbands, take that one in. So how do you tap into your spirit and your mind together? Are you ready? I'm going to tell you. Get alone. Remove distractions. Step one and two, very important. You say, well, can't you do it with all the distractions? <laughs> if you're good. <laughs> if you're trained, yeah. But normally... You got to get alone and quiet yourself. Not all, one of the things I do to quiet myself, does anybody wake up and they have a million things running through their head? You got that? So I'll start praying and guess what's happening? The million things are in my head. Oh, you got to do this and you got to do this and you got to do this. So this, this one guy I love, uh, Ralph Moore, he taught me this. Write it down. So when it comes to my mind, I write it down. 
Now I don't have to think about it. I can think about it later because it's all written down. Because if you don't write it down, then you're afraid you're going to not think about it later. So you keep thinking about it so you won't forget about it later. Are you with me? Does that make sense to anybody? So I just write it down so I can get it off. I, it's called dumping. I dump it out of my mind. And that way I can get to Jesus. Right? So I would just like to do this with you right now. Just give you an opportunity. It's a little lab. We can do a little lab work. Is that okay? So let's pray with our spirits. I'm just going to lead you through just dumping some things. If you need to get a piece of paper and a pen out, you probably have already dumped everything since we had such great worship led by Zozo. You know, we're, we're, in, the, we're in the fellowship of the believers here. We're all in one accord. We're all, everything's going good. There's no problems in the room. Isn't that good? No, not even a sound problem. Nice, nice going, sound girl. No sound problems. So that's good. So you're here. Probably get in pretty quick. Let's just get in. Just close your eyes so you feel like you're a little more alone. Just feel like you're alone because you can't get alone here. We got all these people in the room. Just empty out and concentrate on Jesus. You need to see him, whatever. Just concentrate on him. Think about him. Think about Get in touch with Jesus right now. Just get in touch with Jesus. Just concentrate on him. Everything else is out. Everything else is out. Just quiet yourself now. Just quiet. Sometimes I just like to take a big breath, like cleanse everything out of me just as a signifier, like, okay, I'm tapping in. Now just get in touch with the depth of you, your spirit. We're just going to sit here for a little while. I know it's uncomfortable with no music playing, but that's okay. Now begin to ask him, what would you like me to pray for? Could be you, could be somebody else, could be the world. What's your spirit telling you? Begin to pray that. Not loud, but audible to yourself. Move your lips. Jesus says, when you pray, say. So don't think it, say it. Just don't make it loud. We agree together that this property would sell for the agreed upon terms in the name of Jesus and sell quickly. Amen? Amen. Okay, now, now touch your neighbor, tell him, wake up, he, the boy ain't done yet. <laughs> we, all get, we all get like monastery prayer, my, oh man, yeah. Okay, here we go, here we go. I'm coming down the home stretch. You've been waiting for this one. Acts chapter two, verse four, Acts two, verse four. <clears throat> say, say it with me, will you? All of them filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This is the Bible. This is just the I'm going to talk about the Bible. Is that okay? Acts chapter 19, verse 6. I want you to read this with me. 
his hands on them. The Holy Spirit came upon them. And this is the Bible. This is just Bible stuff. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse one. Speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have tongues is a Bible thing. I just like to say, I know to really do this justice, it, it's a, in a, an entire sermon and you're going to get five minutes. I just want us to at least admit this. It's a Bible thing. It's a Bible. And here's, the, I'll tell you something funny is Pastor Mario back there. He speaks Spanish. Now, if you're in South America, they'd say you speak Mexican. Yeah, that's it's a it's a Latino joke, okay? But here's the deal. His tongues, they sound like my tongues. It's the weirdest thing. You go to other countries, it pretty much all sounds similar. Now I've heard some weird ones. I've heard some weird ones, but pretty much it's kind of crazy. It all sounds pretty similar, but that's not the proof text. The proof text is the word of God. It's not your experience. It's the word of God. So the word says, there's this thing, tongues. Holy Spirit comes on you, you speak in tongues. Is that, is that when it happens? How did, okay, that's where we get theologically all messed up. Let's just stick with this. Tongues, good. Tongues, Bible, and let's call it spiritual language. Because did you notice it was tongues of men and of angels? What, what do angels talk? I, I don't know. I mean, I know they must talk English or Aramaic or Hebrew or Greek because those people got talked to by angels. <laughs> so they know a lot of languages. That's what I'm figuring. I don't, I don't know. I mean, did... Does, like, Gabriel not come to the U.S. and speak English? He's only back in Hebrew? I don't know. I don't know. The one thing I do know is God gives us this wonderful gift. 1 Corinthians 14, 4. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. We said before, 14, 14. But my mind is unfruitful. One of the benefits of tongues is you can actually pray and do stuff. It's a wonderful thing. Because when you're, when you're praying, like praying for can for Ken. I got to think about Ken. When I'm praying in tongues, I don't Don't throw anything at me. Just an illustration. Romans chapter 8. This is a beautiful passage. Verse 26 and 27. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for. You ever feel like that sometimes? I don't know what I should be praying for. Spiritual language is a wonderful thing. You just let your spirit pray because your spirit has God's spirit in it. So God's spirit is praying in your spirit through you. It's a wonderful thing. Now you're praying for who knows? You think, well, it's edifying you. Who doesn't like to be edified? Anybody? I like, I like being built up. Being edified is build up. So when you're out, you know, depressed and having a bad day, maybe you take a little break. Some people take a smoke break. We take a spiritual language break, right? Go outside. You take your smoking over there. I'm going to go over here and I'm going to get built up could you do that yeah but the spirit carrying on the spirit intercedes himself intercedes for us with groans and words 
that words cannot express. And he searches who's, uh, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. Here's another cool thing about Spirit. Is you're interceding for people you don't even know. You can be praying for, you know, you <laughs> let me just put that lid back on. Okay, good. You can be praying for people in Afghanistan and not even know it. Or Morocco, right? You could be praying for people that you don't know or people you do know. One time I was praying in tongues. I was on my motorcycle zinging down to the beach and I thought, I wonder what I'm praying. Hey God, what am I praying? Give me the interpretation. What am I praying? He said, you're praying for that guy that you met yesterday and shared Christ with. You're going to see him again today. So you're praying for him. I'm like, okay. So I go to the beach. I hang out at the beach. Guess who walks up? Same guy I shared Christ with. I was praying for him. So I just asked God, what am I praying for? How about that? So when you're praying in spiritual language, you can even ask, what am I praying for? And God says, oh, you're praying for this? This is a very cool thing, people. You know, I, I, I'm looking at a Ford Raptor. Where's, where's my Raptor people? They sent me Raptor pictures all day after last time. Okay, so Ford's got this little itty-bitty screen, right, Riley? In their XLTs. It's itty-bitty. It's like this big. I'm like, what in the world? You look at a Tesla as it walks, as it walks by me, as it drives by me. They've got like a 24-inch TV inside of there for their screen. I, I what, what is going on? And it's got, well, which one do you want? I want the Tesla screen. I'm telling you that right now. Because I want every option available to my life. Are you with me? Spiritual language is awesome. Does it get you to heaven? Nope. Are you less spiritual because you don't have it? Nope. Is it a cool deal? Yep. It's really a cool deal. So uh, we haven't really emphasized that here before at The Sound. Well, we're emphasizing it today. So how do you receive it? Well, I remember when I received it, Grace, you're going to love this. I went home, and I got on my bed, and this is what I did. Like, it's not working. Because I figured God was just going to come down from heaven and move my lips and move my tongue and move my diaphragm in and out. And he was going to, nope. Nope. You know, in the word it says the spirit of a prophet is subject to the prophet. In other words, he can prophesy or he can sit down. That's what Paul was talking about. Right? You could stand up, say something, or you could sit down and shut up, right? So that means that I can turn it on and I can turn it off. Don't mystify this thing. Well, what, 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 how do you, how do you get the motor started? Well, usually like a little baby does. Usually a little baby isn't talking in full 50 cent word sentences. They just start out easy. Well, well, what am I supposed to do? Start talking. Well, what if it's English? Praise the Lord. Praise Him in English. That's not a fail. Well, what if I don't get it? We love you. 
I got another story. I'm a Pentecostal preacher. I'm married to this woman. I'm figuring she should be speaking in tongues. You know what I'm saying? But my wife, she doesn't. I'm like, come here, woman. Shonda, Shonda. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm like, every time we go somewhere, I'm pulling her forward. I, you gotta, I'm a minister. You got to speak in tongues, woman. She's like, ah, right? She, so one day we're at this conference. She goes forward. I don't know what they're, you know, talking about or whatever. And she comes back and she says, hey, seven years after I started pastoring, I got tongues. I'm like, you couldn't have got it when I prayed for you? What, what was the difference? She goes, I don't know. And that's sometimes how it happens. You just one day, all of a sudden, you get it. I think it's a release of fear and control personally, but you just get it. And so we're going to pray for you today. If you want to get it, then get it. If you don't want to get it, don't get it. That's okay. We still love you. You're not second-class citizens. I was praying. I was praying for the kids up at camp, and they said, "Come pray for them for to get tongues." And I hadn't received the Holy Spirit yet in the tongues, and so I'm just sitting there. I'm like, "Lord, Holy Spirit, just release on them, give them tongues." And a shout out, I'm like, "Whoa, what happened?" And I fell down, and I just was like, "Whoa!" And I started. That's how I received tongues. Somebody else to receive tongues, and just having the faith of the Holy Spirit was going to come upon them, and He blessed me with it. So, that's cool stuff. You know, there's not one way. There's not some kind of form. So I'm going to ask you, people are going to pray over you. I'm going to ask the people that I already asked to pray over people to both sides. And you're just going to go up and say, I want it. And they're going to pray for you. And maybe you get it. We're going to rejoice. And if you don't, that's okay. We, it's all good. Have I said that enough? Because the pressure is on. And I just want to release the pressure valve. There's no pressure here. It's just a wonderful gift. You'll get it. Sooner or later, you'll get it. And if you think, wow, this is weird, Zoe, come on up. If you think, wow, this is weird, I want nothing to do with this, then sing what Zoe's singing. And if you're like, well, I don't need to receive it because I already have it, good. Just pray and intercede as Zoe's singing or join in with Zoe. Is that okay? We have options here. Is, is that all right? Okay, is this, is this crazy? I'm going to ask the new people later. Was that crazy? <laughs> it's kind of like going to the, your, your first service at a place and they're talking about giving. <laughs> okay. Well, Holy Spirit, we know that you give good gifts and we receive everything the same way by asking in faith and receiving it. I pray that you'd take the mystery out of this thing for people who want it. I pray that you'd create such a desire for it. I don't know that I've done that a very good job, but it's just so cool to be able to pray in the spirit, in my spiritual language that you've given me. And I pray I want it for everybody. And I know you do too, because that's what your word says. I wish you all would speak in tongues. Yeah. So God, I pray that today, today, as, as we just spend a few minutes here at the end of our time together, that we would receive 
this great gift from you. And that we would, as a body, be able to pray and intercede for one another. We'd worship. We'd create not just an atmosphere of where you work, but we would create a culture where you work. That this is what we do. And we honor you. And we love and honor every single person in this place. Thank you, God. Amen. Thank you.